therapist, physical therapist on the internet. Hello, Brad Heineck, physical therapist. Hey, I'm Chris, the pharmacist. And what we have today, we're going to talk about congestive heart failure. As a therapist, over the last 25 years, I've worked with many people, particularly elderly people, with this diagnosis. Uh, so it's very, uh, with therapists, you deal with it oftentimes. But as a patient or people out there, uh, Chris is going to go through the details. He's done a lot of research and talked to you about what it actually is, uh, how it's treated. And I'll interject a little bit about what we may do with therapy in regards. So let's take it away, Chris. All right. Well, congestive heart failure or heart failure, that's kind of the uh, topic of discussion today, guys. Um, I guess the simple understanding of it is, you know, our heart, it's a pump. It, you know, it's one of the muscles that just never stops in our bodies. That and our diaphragm, basically, I think about the only two that I can think of. Well, digestive, but that said, it's constantly pumping all the time. And, and what happens with that particular pump is it doesn't pump properly for our body's needs. And so then when it doesn't work properly and you're not getting good circulation, congestion occurs. Uh, so just like, like a runny nose or congestion in traffic. And so fluid builds up and basically that's that creates a lot of damage, weakness to the heart and a lot of other problems and complications associated with it. So in other words, the, the heart for it could be a number of reasons is not efficient anymore it's not uh pumping out enough blood or it's not receiving the a little bit of both but i mean at the end of the day the heart i guess we'll just if we're going to start at the pump you know it's the heart just for and there are multiple reasons we'll kind of touch on uh, okay. how and why it got there but the reality of it is is that the the body has needs it has to get oxygenated blood that carries all mm -hmm. the nutrients and everything else and when it's getting weakly when the pump is weakened yep. it doesn't make it all the way through the loop to get back and so as a result of that you know, you're going to get fluid back up and then a lot of people when they present uh to a hospital at that point because usually it's going to be a hot like if it's an acute crisis um they're going to have swollen hands feet uh, probably difficulty breathing fluid in the lungs directly um they can be coughing up kind of pink sputum so and this is all due to the heart being weak. Yes, okay. as a result of it the heart is failing. The pump itself for a variety of different reasons within the heart whether it's the heart muscle itself getting too thick, the septum getting which is what divides the chambers in the heart sure. um getting a little too thick, the, it can crowd and then so what happens is and when they base it on diagnosis and you and I were talking about ejection fraction um, what happens is that pump, when your heart, if this is, let's say your left ventricle, we'll pretend it squeezes, it doesn't necessarily squeeze completely because the, contract the, the contractility of the heart muscle itself is either stiffened or it's not as flexible. So uh, the heart itself is really supple and it kind of constantly is moving. Sure. And so when it tries to fill up with blood, it's not stretching to fill that blood up as well as we need to and then it's not contracting properly so we're talking about the blood on the left side of the heart which is actually the oxygenated blood yep, with nutrients those, that's yep. going out to the rest of the body and that's the system you were talking about yep. throughout the whole body we need that oxygenated blood and after it's old it goes comes back through the veins, veins. and then goes back to the heart and then yep. to the lungs to and, the, yeah, the and right that's side. the system yep. and it's, it makes a perfect loop right. so basically and that's the other thing we talk about there's left-sided failure and there's right-sided failure and so, and they can, usually it's more common to have left-sided failure mm -hmm. and then right side can happen at the same time or it can happen in and of itself. 
again, a cardiologist would be breaking all of these things sure. down. So it's, it, but at the same time, what's important to recognize is that the heart itself is just not beating the way that it should and pumping the blood through right. the body the way that it should. So you had mentioned some symptoms, I think, which is important. Uh, you know, if people are wondering if their loved one, if they themselves or someone yeah. is having their swelling, is that always mean you have CHF? Or? No, I mean, generally it's a hallmark sign, but I mean, you're going to get probably a bunch of other things. I mean, and the problem is that, you know, we have kind of an umbrella of things that can cause congestive heart failure right. and start to, you know, start to finish. It, it's kind of a, a culmination of things that happened over the lifetime, but, you know, we see it in kids and pediatric patients that maybe have a genetic anomaly. So where something is abnormal with their heart. Or right. You can see As a when they're born with it. Exactly. Mm. But what's most common is people over the age of 65. And okay. That's usually when it's going to occur. And, I mean, you're talking about, you know, roughly 600,000 Americans a year are diagnosed with it. And you got and, and so it's just generalized typical symptoms that may yeah. be from yeah. CHF. Yeah, so basically, you know, a lot of people all of a sudden, man, my fingers are swollen. I can't, my wedding ring doesn't fit mm -hmm. properly or, wow, look at my feet. They look huge. And you see swelling all the way up the legs. Um, you have a really plump, hard abdomen. So it's very full. Oddly enough, even though you're, you can be gaining weight, significant amounts of weight. So like all of a sudden you can gain two to four pounds in a day, Okay. Or, you know, five to 10 pounds in a week. So that's fluid. That's, that's not fluid. It's not, you, you didn't eat so much that you, yeah. you know, you didn't have six pizzas. You, you, you retain the yeah, fluid. As a matter of yeah. fact, when they're start to retain fluid like that, they are actually losing their appetite and maybe even feel nauseated. Sure. Um, a lot of times it, the complications are it can have some chest pains, difficulty breathing because there's fluid actually in those lungs. Yeah. And so it backs up. And so when you present to the emergency room, I mean, a skilled doctor is going to recognize it immediately. Actually, the nurses will recognize it immediately. Sure. Um, but, you know, from that's and, and they're going to get the ball rolling. And there's a lot of things that happen when you're in an acute congestive heart failure crisis. Okay. I do want to bring up one thing because so that people don't get too concerned as far as the ring becoming tight as one of the possible symptoms. Sure. I know like my wife, her she's got ring issues. We just got her a new ring. She tried to get it sized yep. and it's fitting tight. And I'm 99% certain she does not have CHF. No. So don't get excited yeah, if your ring just, starts fitting it's tight. It's just an example. But it's one of the things along with maybe yeah. other parts. And it's going to be profound. I mean, your your fingers would kind of look like puffed up sausages. Okay, sure. So it's not going to be, you know, because, I mean, you could have a salty meal and your ring might not sure. fit properly. Yep. So, I mean, you know, and even... As we age, I mean, you know, if you've stood on your feet all day, you're going to yep. have some swelling in your feet and ankles. Okay. I mean, that's pretty par for the course. Any other pain symptoms that are typical? You know, I mean, you can present, I mean, you can be having a heart attack when you present to the office, you know, when you go you're to the hospital. You're talking about chest pain. Yeah. So you can have chest pains. You can have the shortness of breath. You can have a cough. You can feel you know, overwhelming fatigue in a lot of cases. And again, you know, I think the other thing to delineate, there's chronic and there's acute and it's a chronic progressive disease. And so, and it's, it's got categories. There's four categories. And this is over weeks, months, or years? Typically over the rest of your life. So I No, mean, but I mean, oh, to get it started. It, it, like you said, it, it didn't happen yeah, overnight. No, it, it happened it, as a result. Yeah, it, of, happened, it happens over years and years and years. And so prevention, you know, it's an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure is kind of the thing. Is it typically lifestyle or is it genetic or a little bit of both? Well, I mean, if you have a genetic predisposition towards heart, you know, so your dad, your grandpa, your mom, I mean, if they did, I mean, there's going to be a high likelihood that it's probably going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. 
But what can you do to prevent that? Well, lifestyle changes are going to be number one. Stop okay. smoking. Uh, don't drink. I'll uh, be the simple, like things that you can just cut out. Right. But then it's going to become staying physically active mm-hmm. uh, and eating a healthy diet. Probably lots more fruits and veggies. Are, um, and if you look up the DASH diet, I think that's the diet that's most profound. It shows it's going to have a low salt. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what does a, DASH stand for? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I don't honestly But know, if you but Google DASH if diet. You, yeah, it's DASH and it's capital D-A-S-H. And basically that diet specifically is low sodium, mm-hmm. um, lean protein, yep. lots of fruits and veggies. Yep. That's the diet in a nutshell. Sure. And that's been championed by both the American Medical Association, the American Heart Association. Right. You name it, they're going to stand behind it because mm-hmm. they know that when you're eating that type of diet, the salt intake is at a minimum, mm-hmm. so that's helping your heart. Um, we're going to do a video about potassium in a little while, right. talking right. about the balance of that. So we'll explain it. But to a degree, while we're on the subject, I mean, when we have a diet that's higher that has natural potassium in it, it's going to help to balance your blood pressure. Sure. Out, which, because you know, one of the causative factors of congestive heart failures is long, you know, coronary artery disease, high blood pressure itself. So it takes, you know, it can be a side effect diabetes. It could be organ problems. Sure. So you could have kidney failure leading to this. So it's not just a one size fits all example. Right. Multiple things can cause congestive heart failure. And that's the information when you see your doctor and you've been diagnosed, you're going to, they're going to look at you specifically. Correct. And we really can't do that no, here at that's, all. That's above our pay grade. Right. But I mean, the, the reality of it is, is that. You know, if you have the symptoms, you want to get medical treatment right away. You do want to see your doctor consistently as we age, because sure. these are the things that when they pick this up early, and that's the key, yep. is if we can pick things up early, maybe it doesn't develop into a full-blown right. full right. problem. And that's kind of the key. Do you change your lifestyle, things, to, your, to your do, diet, yeah. your and exercise? I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a young person, you know, get your exercise. It's going to be 30 minutes, five days a week, where you're sweating and breathing hard. Um, you know, most days of the week, usually five days is sure. ideal if you can, but sometimes schedules are crazy. Right. Uh, eating well, good food choices. I mean, those are going to be kind of sure. the things. So, I mean, and it's, it's not that hard, but it's, you know, we're busy and the American yeah. diet is not necessarily the most conducive because we're a busy society, but heck, Europeans are too. So, right. I mean, it's not like, it's not exclusive to just us. So, I just want to say if you're, you know, 50s, 60s, you know, and you're thinking, and you're not an exercise person, you don't have to go out and exercise and get sweaty and breathing and put the sweatsuit on. Nope. If you're not, if you're sedentary and you go out and you walk take five walk. days a week, it's it's going to work great. And gradually build. I think that's yeah. the important thing too, is Rome's not built in a day. So if you're somebody that's not accustomed to doing, and I think the other thing to, to support is, you know, find something you enjoy. Right. Yard work is a phenomenal workout. Sure. Uh, you know, so it's yard, taking a walk, yep. ballroom dancing, swimming, exercise, bike, treadmill, lifting weights, all these types of activity. There's, you know, just find something that you can hold on right. to that you know you can do and, and, and vary it. Do right. something different. If you take one, maybe take a bike ride the next day if it's nice. You know, go walk on the beach. Walking right. on sand is tough because right. it's unstable. So, I mean, it's <laughs> right. You know, and if you're at the level where you're watching this and your balance is not so good, you use a cane or a walker just to get up and move. And we have, you know, now I know our, our channel has a lot of videos yep. for the elderly, but not just our They're all over the it's place. It's for everybody. Just, just to get up and walk, like where my mother lives, walking up and yep. down the hallways because yeah. she doesn't get outside very much is wonderful yeah, wonderful find a friend a lot of times yeah. you know, just a little 
and I can have a nice conversation while you're participating. So, I th but at any rate, long yeah. story short is you know you want to get out there and do. That's one of the biggest things. Um, should we go into what some typical treatments that a doctor, if you're diagnosed, yeah. what they're going to talk to you yeah. about so you can understand so it? So once you've gotten the diagnosis of congestive heart failure and once they've gotten you stabilized, because sure. that's usually a pretty big deal when you go into the hospital with an acute crisis. So well, let's say you've come out, you're meeting back with your cardiologist. So got, you say acute crisis, you're saying the swelling is there, you swelling, maybe you're the breathing. breathing. They had to get your heart muscle stabilized. They had to do a lot. If it's like a lot of people, a lot of people will tend to wait because they're not, they don't want to go in. They're going to say it's yeah. going to get better and, and, and then they go the in. Problem. And that's, you know, there's a, actually a really good study that I read that came out many years ago in 2008. And it's the, you know, most people take about, you know, and it sounds like a short period of time, but 13 minutes. And so they'll sit there and bass and I'm like, eh. 13 minutes for what? Just to try and, uh, or th excuse me, 13 hours. My goodness. 13 <laughs> hours. They're just not feeling well. Yep. And they're like, you know, because again, you know, and whether it's a heart attack or congestive heart failure, I mean, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, swelling, you know, all those things kind of come into it. Yep. You know, you got kind of that pale pale, you're sweating. Um, you know, people just think, oh, I must have a little bug or I ate something funny yeah, because, yeah. you know, you don't always have crushing chest pain. Uh, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get pain that radiates in your jaw. Sure. So these are all symptoms of heart attack too, guys. You can get pain down your arm. So it's hard to tell if you're having a heart attack, if it's leading into yeah. it. So again, the cardiologist is going to work. So, I mean, if you well, have any of these I, things. I just want to tell this little story. You know, it's a blah, 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 but it's a good story. It's a true story. Uh, as Five years ago, we were up at a cabin, a bunch of guys. My father was there. Uh, he, you know, was 80, 79, 80 at the time. He wakes up. He went to bed early, wasn't feeling well, had soup with a lot of salt in it. Of course, we're out with the guys. We don't, we're, we're not thinking eating healthy. We're just thinking having yeah. a good time. He comes down the stairs very wobbly, and it was about 10 o'clock at night. Same symptoms, kind of sweaty, not feeling well, couldn't even talk very well. It's like, this is bad. Yep. So we put him in the car. We didn't call the ambulance. Maybe we should have, but yeah. we drove and we called the ER and said, my dad's coming. He's got these symptoms. We had an R in there. He went with him. So it wasn't like we were all. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was had some ER uh, experience. So got him to the hospital. He actually, they got him stabilized as they could, yep. put him in a helicopter Northern Wisconsin, small little hospital, couldn't oh, yeah. do it. Put him in a helicopter, two-hour ride in a helicopter down. And he ended up being fine as, you know, not back to normal, but he was stabilized. Oh, yeah. And then he eventually did get back to up and around, and, and he went back yep. to the hunt again. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or cabin. But, but, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, you just so people tend to put things off. And I think that the sooner that you can get treatment, particularly in acute setting, yes, where it's yeah. immediate, you know, don't, I mean, it's, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. I just, I'm going to the doctor because I had chest pains or I'm just not breathing well or I'm not comfortable. Sure. Go. I mean, let the pros sort it out. They're highly trained. They're gifted, caring people right. that are going to do the best things that they can do to get you stabilized sure. and hopefully minimize maybe it would be maybe a smaller problem to a much bigger one. That, that as time goes by and more swelling, more backup of bloods and fluids, it can create more damage. Sure. And that's what we want to avoid. Yeah. So the key is recognition early. And, you know, we're not all trained to necessarily recognize, yeah. oh, yeah, I think I'm having a heart attack. Just understand chest pains, shortness of breath, fatigue, weakness, you know, kind of coughing, weird sputum, things like that, yeah. where it's just not natural. 
Yep. You know, these are things that are, hey, this is a big red flag. And these are the things that we yep. want to pay attention to to get the care that you need. So once you get the care that you need and you get stabilized, the, the modicum on life, it's going to be medications, medications sure. and lifestyle changes. Yep. And the doctor's going to preach that. They're going to get you on certain blood pressure medications sure. to try and ease the load on the heart to slow down vascular resistance or we lessen it so that the heart muscle itself can fill up properly and uh, pump more blood efficiently through your sure. body to help to maintain that. And, you know, so we talk about degrees of congestive heart failure. Um, American Heart Association uses A, B, C, and D, mm-hmm. A being the best, which is actually a pre-stage, okay. D being the absolute worst, okay. which is kind of end stage. Or in the New York Heart Association, which is the other one, uses one, two, three, and four. Okay. And the stages themselves have little nuances in between. Your cardiologist has all the, and your doctor will know all of these things off the top of their head. Sure. They're going to be using those as a part of their treatment plan to help you to live your best life. Sure. And the end of the day, when we hear congestive heart failure or heart failure, you know, it becomes a quality of life equation. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that we're, as patients, we want to make sure that we're maximizing the medications and doing our part. So it's eating well. It's trying to get exercise, what our bodies will allow. Because sure. sometimes as we get further down into those levels of congestive heart, and you get into C and D mm-hmm. or three and four, it's much more difficult to do certain things. Sure. Walking upstairs can be a challenge. So finding little things that you can do to move. And your doctor and actually physical therapy team can provide you with exercises that you can do that aren't so taxing but will still help to keep fluid moving right. and keep that heart muscle doing what it should. Exactly. But the mainstay is, you know, we want to be good patients in this. When we get this diagnosis, we want to be good patients. Yep. We want to listen to the advice that's given. Because really at this point, until we get, to, unless you can get a heart transplant, which is generally not on the table, yeah. um, it, it's difficult to manage and it's a progressive disease state. So you end up at A, it's going to go to D at some point in, in life. Right. But it's what can we do to slow down the steps? Right. A to B, B to C, and C to, you know, C to D. Sure. And so if we use the medications appropriately, yep. talking back with your doctor if the drugs don't agree with you. As a pharmacist, that's where I have impact. Yep. And so I see people, hey, how are you doing with you know drug A, B, or C? How is the combination? That's usually what I'm listening for when I'm talking to people at the counter. Right. Is it, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. Well, how's the activity level? You know, it's been a little bit harder for me to get up and downstairs lately. Oh, yeah? Have, have you talked to your doctor? No, I haven't. I think it's time to probably have a quick conversation. Sure. And, you know, nowadays there's so many cool tools that patients have to communicate with their doctor. I mean, they can use it on their smartphones. They can use it on their computer and the old-fashioned phone call and making an appointment. Sure. So lots of you want to communicate changes right away. Because yep. the sooner that they can make adjustments for you, whether it's a simple med adjustment, or what have you, the sooner that you can hopefully get these things to calm down. Because the disease state itself fluctuates. You can have lots of good days in a row, and all of a sudden you have a flare. Mm-hmm. And there's no real rhyme or reason. We haven't at least figured out what may cause it. I mean, yeah, maybe I ate a, more of the salty food that I should Sure. So, I mean, those can be the obvious things. But sometimes it's not obvious. And so, for whatever reason, your body just said, eh, we're going to swell. And you know, <laughs> we're going to make it hard to breathe. So you want to make sure we're addressing that. Um, a lot of times doctors will give patients action plans where they want you to weigh yourself every day. Okay. Um, when we get to the later stages, there's probably some fluid restrictions um, and there's some dietary restrictions as sure. well because there could be other yep. ones, yep. cofactors in there that are creating some of these issues. So you really want to listen to what your doctor has to say uh, and be an active participant as a patient to make sure that you communicate. When there are changes, they need to know ASAP. Sure. So I think that's kind of the key to managing it and to have quality of life because, you know, with 
the diagnosis, it can be scary and intimidating, but at the same time, you can still go out and enjoy your granddaughter's birthday sure. or a wedding or, you know, a friend's, you know, whatever, I have a retirement party. I mean, life is still there to be enjoyed and lived and it's not going to stop you as long as you are an active participant and make some of those changes and listen, you know, listen to your physician, your pharmacist, take the medications right. the way they want you to. Th that's what I always find interesting. Just knowing Chris is the active positive role the pharmacist can have to recognize things or see that things and you sometimes you you'll call a doctor and say you know i think things are going well but maybe these drugs are are need to be changed or modified and then the doctor you communicate no. have yep. a conversation every day yeah yeah have that every day and actually where i work now i actually do a lot of compliance backing and so i see a lot of congestive heart failure now. okay i see more now in my 27 years than i've ever seen in my entire life sure and so it's interesting to watch the interplay with the balance of the medications, additions and subtractions. And, yep. you know, and the key is compliance, guys. I mean, I, I, I can't stress this. I just had a conversation with a little old lady yesterday mm -hmm. and we sat down for 45 minutes, which uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure about my pharmacy partner, if that was good for her workflow. But <laughs> I took the time to spend with her. And, and so I think we've gotten them yep. hopefully on the right track. I'm right. going to follow up tomorrow when I go back to work. But. You know, it takes time. You have to be an active participant right. in your medicine therapy. Right. Um, that's going to be one of the hallmark things that's going to help us to help you to keep going yeah. forward and enjoying quality yeah. of life. Well, I tell you, the, where you work now, that service you offer, that aspect to the patients is just unbelievable. And, and people may not have that at every pharmacist. Yeah. So if you do, you're you're fortunate because it's yeah. going to be helpful. I mean, I, I always say Chris should be a doctor because he has the heart for one, and he has the, the brains for one, and uh, you know those two things. Uh, that's what it takes. Uh, I don't have nearly the education for that. So. Yeah, well, you know, get your kids out of college, and maybe you can go back. Yeah, there you go. Second <laughs> career. All right, very good. I I, I think we uh, got enough information for everyone to uh, be uh, educated. Yeah, and hopefully understanding a little understanding. more. Understanding. Yeah, I think that's the key. Very good. Thanks a lot, guys.